to the Independent Girls podcast. This podcast is all about combining practical advice with mindset magic to help you build a business that gives you freedom, flexibility and fulfillment. Consider it your weekly pep talk and mini coaching session. I'm Julia Day, a business coach and founder of the Independent Girls Collective an exclusive members-only platform which gives you access to tons of courses, resources and expert workshops from industry insiders to make the scary parts of running your business simple. We have every type of business resource you could possibly need, from business plan and contract templates to accounting spreadsheets and financial planners to new launch planners and content calendars. A new course is released every single month. These come with a workbook and resources to help you implement what you've learned into your business and previous courses have included Discover Your Perfect Pricing, Finding Financial Security and Self-Employment, Managing Your Money and Launching to Success. In addition to all of this, you'll also get access to our network of incredible UK businesswomen to support you on your journey. It can be lonely being in business, but it doesn't have to be, which is why our community is here to help you grow your business and get the help and support you need. You can become a member of the Independent Girls Collective by going to independentgirlscollective.com and there's also a link to join us and become a member in the show notes of this episode as well. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today I am talking to Sophie Careful, a personal branding photographer and mentor for visionary entrepreneurs and soul-led creatives. Sophie is such a lovely, warm sunbeam of a person. We've been Instagram friends for about two or three years now and we've also worked together and I am so thrilled to have her as a guest on the podcast today to share her journey and her lovely sunshiny energy with you. Sophie also has an amazing Instagram account as you would expect for a photographer where she also shares a lot of super helpful videos on IGTV to make sure your photos are as incredible as your business is like posing tips, how to look and feel confident in your photos and make them professional and interesting. Sophie's Instagram handle is sophiecareful and I will also link that in the show notes. In this episode, Sophie shares her journey into becoming a personal branding photographer, how she overcame her shyness and anxiety to truly show up in her business, and how you can do the same. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. So here it is. Sophie, thank you so much for being a guest on the Independent Girls podcast. For anyone who doesn't know you already, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I am Sophie. I'm a personal branding photographer for creative women. So I work with people like coaches and therapists, designers, uh, writers, all sorts of creative people uh, taking portraits for their websites and social media and their PR. Um, So yeah, helping women to be visible in their businesses and put themselves out there online. Amazing. Wow. I feel like that's such a good introduction. It was very succinct. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I actually slightly panicked in the moment because I haven't done like a little pitch like that for a while. Also, that's just reminded me that I missed off one bit, um, which is I recently added mentoring to my business as well. So my primary business is photography, but I also mentor new business owners. So helping them get started with sort of digital marketing um, and feeling really confident about who it is that they want to work with um, and how to communicate that online. So that's a, a recent addition to my business, which I've really enjoyed. Amazing. So have you always kind of been into photography and did you start off doing photography or did you have more of like an office job first? 
Yeah, so I've always been into it just as a hobby. Um, so I honestly can't remember when I first sort of started taking photos, but probably about 10 or something, like very young, because my dad is a keen photographer as well. So he's always had cameras and has just always been into taking pictures. So I grew up around that and just kind of followed suit, really, and it became a hobby. Um, so, yeah, it's always been something I've done for fun um, and have done things like, well, I suppose actually... I just took pictures of anything and everything basically growing up, lots of like absolute rubbish and um, pictures of like random leaves or I don't know, just weird stuff, <laughs> um, just anything to keep practicing really. Um, and then I decided to take A-level photography. Um, so I did that at college, but then never actually pursued it after that as a kind of career option because um, the rhetoric at college was very much like you either need to be a fine artist um, or you just can't have a career in photography. Like it didn't seem like a viable option at all. Um, and I personally never sort of put myself in that category of like a fine artist I couldn't imagine having work in like a gallery or anything I just didn't really understand how that would work um, and I didn't think I was good enough basically to, to even bother um, so I did French and Spanish at uni instead uh, but I took that hobby with me and did lots of kind of street style photography for like a fashion magazine at uni um, I also photographed dress rehearsals for my friends um, drama society performances um, and loads of other kind of um yeah I can't remember what else I took pictures of I, yeah just anything and everything continued through uni um and then my first couple of jobs out of uni were working in digital marketing so I did get an opportunity in those jobs to take photos as well um for a couple of different companies but again still didn't really like consider myself to be a photographer or think that that would be what I would do um so it was a bit of a random thing coming to doing this as my job so how did you come to do it as your job because you've I know you've been doing it for like quite a while now so how did you go from working in digital marketing to actually doing photography full-time freelance so I, I think it must have been 2016, I was working, I just moved to Bristol um, at the start of that year, and I went to uni in Sheffield, so moved down to Bristol, and yeah, I was working for um, a product company in their digital marketing, well, I was going to say department, it wasn't really a department, it was basically just me, <laughs> which was part of the problem that I had to leave, because I was completely overwhelmed by it, it was a very big role for just one person, um, but it did involve doing some photography, which was quite fun, um, but anyway, I ended up being very unhappy in that job and I, I needed to leave it was definitely damaging my mental well-being so had to make a move um and I was looking for other jobs actually in in the same kind of sector because that's the experience I had and I kind of just assumed well if that's what my CV says if you know if all I've done is digital marketing then that's what I'm gonna have to do so I was looking on all the job websites and trying to find stuff and just nothing jumped out at me like everything seemed to be cookie cutter kind of copies of the job description that I just had and that job turned out to be nothing like what it said on paper um, and was basically a nightmare for me so I kind of thought well if all these are described in the same way chances are I'm really not going to be happy there either so that basically set me on the path of thinking okay well maybe I can give photography a go because by this point I had I think it was the summer before is that right yeah it's not a very long time but the summer before I'd photographed a couple of weddings um or maybe not even a couple, maybe just one. I've lost track of my dates now, but I think I'd basically taken a couple of, done a couple of wedding photography jobs by that point um, alongside my work. And so I just thought, okay, well, that is another option for me then. If I've been paid for that before, I can be paid for it again. Um, and I can see if I can make that work as a career. Um, so yeah, basically decided to not actually bother applying for all those jobs that seemed so unappealing um, and to give the photography a go instead. And did you, because I know we've talked quite a lot through like Instagram DMs about anxiety and stuff mm -hmm. and 
I think you, we have like quite a similar story in terms of I had a similar experience with work where I was like this is really affecting my mental health I can't mm-hmm. do it anymore and I'd always wanted to start a business but I didn't have the confidence to do it so was that something basically like how did you kind of find the confidence to do it or was it more of that you were almost pushed to do it because you were like I'm not putting myself in that position again in mm-hmm. terms of work yeah a bit of both I think so there was definitely a, a drive of like okay well I think I said to myself like I'll give myself a year basically um, because I knew like I had a degree um, I had a couple of years work experience there was no reason why I would be completely unemployable forevermore if this failed and if I couldn't become a photographer and make it work so I thought you know that it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out I can give it a go now while I haven't got a mortgage or kids or any kind of major you know um, responsibilities I guess it's the best time in a way to take that leap so I thought I'll just give myself a chance see if it can work and then if not you know it's not the end of the world so um, but having said that, I did think that it would be a nightmare for me to go back to that same situation, like working in an open plan office somewhere that I felt completely drained in that particular job. I um, just didn't get on well with the person that was in charge, like just didn't feel like mm. she kind of respected people in the office. And I felt very like out of alignment, basically, in that role. I just didn't feel comfortable there. And um, it did make me very unhappy. So I thought I don't want to be back in that situation. Um, and I also knew that I didn't want to become that person or, you know, the equivalent of that person in any other organization. I wasn't working towards being like head of a, you know, department or head of a company or something, um, you know, based on somebody else's rules that just didn't appeal to me in any way. So I knew that I didn't want to end up back in that place. So it did really push me. And I I did, you know, t- took on all sorts of different jobs. I remember, I think my very first job when I was officially self-employed was photographing a um a Narnia themed birthday party um which is actually really fun um but like that just goes to show like a far cry from what I do now um but it was being paid to take photos so I was completely elated to get that opportunity and well I say get the opportunity I went out and got it for myself I signed up to a one of these like freelance job sites um and would go on there and, and pitch for stuff all the time and that's how I started basically um so yeah, I was driven to just do whatever I could to make money. And if it was getting paid to take photos, then that was exactly what I wanted to be doing. So um, I also signed up to a lot of networking events. Um, so that did bring out a lot of anxiety because I am introverted and I've always identified as being socially awkward and not being able to, you know, meet new people or make a good first impression. Um, so that did kind of make me panic, but it also drove me to learn how to get over that stuff and how to better myself basically. So I went into a kind of deep dive of like self-help consumption um and that included doing things like googling how to make a good first impression or how to uh, cultivate charisma um and yeah it was really interesting actually I learned a lot through that period of being like okay my options are I either stay as this like anxious scared person I am and don't get any work myself and therefore my business is not going to be successful and I have to go back to being employed which made me unhappy or I can try and find the resources and the tools and learn how to make myself more confident and and learn these skills that will help me to be successful in order to have a life that actually makes me happy um so yeah I chose the second option and did a lot of watching YouTube videos of embarrassing things about like how to make friends um but it paid off in the end it helped me to tackle those situations of going into a room full of people that were invariably about 10 years older than me if not more um and actually hold my own and and present myself as a photographer when inside I was like you're not a photographer like feeling so unconfident um but thinking I have to do this I have to make this work so yeah it was a bit of both that's amazing and like because I am still very scared to go to networking events they can be scary definitely 
Yeah, for sure. And like, I think because when you think of a networking event, you just think of like a load of people in suits. Yeah. Like given cards and you're like, okay. Um, I mean, I think they've come on a lot now because there's a lot in, in Liverpool anyway. And I think a lot of big cities, like a lot of networking events are there just for sort of freelancers or slightly, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say younger businesses, but less like corporate businesses for sure. Yeah. Um, more like creative. That's true. Um, I was going to say that actually. I jotted down in my notes about, um, you know, in terms of tips for networking, you know, if you are an introvert and if that completely strikes fear into your soul, the idea of walking into a room full of people, um, I'd really recommend looking at other kind of events. So things like panel talks or Q&As or something where there's something else going on other than the opportunity to network in a room of people, um, because that gives you such a good starting point. If you want to start a conversation with someone, it doesn't have to be what do you do? It can be what did you think of the talk or like, how did you hear about this event? Or there's going to be other things you have in common um, so that you've got a bit of a starting point. And I found those to be really beneficial. So um, I don't know if you've, I think you've maybe been to some of these, the um, She Can, She Did events. Have you heard of that? Yes, they're so good. Um, yeah, so something like that where it's a panel talk. There's, I think they have like four female entrepreneurs at the front having a discussion um, and there's a bit of mingling going on as well. But the person who runs it, Fiona, is very good at like introducing people who don't know anyone who have come on their own. Um, so stuff like that where the focus mm-hmm. is off like everybody swapping business cards or whatever and it's more on okay there's something happening at the front that we can all look at and watch and then talk about later um yeah there's something else that I'm a member of called Enterprise Nation which they also put on events like that uh, they run a thing called the Festival of Female Entrepreneurs which is once a year usually in October um, and that's another good one where there's lots of talks happening throughout the day um, and then you're kind of moving between different rooms and you can kind of sit with different people each time you go back and um, I found those to take the pressure off in terms of meeting people and, and making an impression because you can just chat about what's happening so those are a little bit more fun I find yeah for sure and I think like the way I got over it is I would go to networking events with a friend Mm -hmm. and then once you've been to one with a friend and you've met people who go to that event before it's a lot easier yeah so can I ask um in the first couple of months when you were doing it what were the tips that you found really helpful in terms of being able to firstly get through the door because I would always go Mm -hmm. and then I would be like oh I can't do it and then go through. Uh, thankfully I've dealt with that now but also like introducing yourself to people that you've never met before and um I think it, it's almost like you know like as you introduce yourself at the beginning of this episode it's almost like you have to do that like over and over again like every time you meet a new person there so what would you say to someone who's maybe just starting out and they want to go to some more networking events how can they get over that fear um, okay, so oh, I'm never going to remember this lady's name now, am I? Um, oh, she's called Marsha. I can't remember what her actual full name is, but there's someone called Marsha, which I'll like give you this link later so you can put it in the notes or whatever, because I'm rubbish at remembering names on, on the top of my head. Um, but basically, I watched a YouTube video by this woman who um, is a writer, I guess, is her main job, and she kind of coaches people um to do with writing, I think, um, and speaking maybe as well. I can't remember. But anyway, she had this YouTube video, and it said... Um, her main tip for networking and how to not feel self-conscious is to remember that everybody else in the room is just as self-conscious as you are. So you go in there thinking, oh my God, everyone's looking at me. Everyone thinks I'm weird. Everyone's going to judge my pitch and think that I've not made a good impression or all of this stuff when actually they're all thinking the exact same thing. Like they're so focused on themselves that they're probably not even going to notice you looking a bit awkward in the corner. Um, So that's a really freeing thing to remind yourself of. Like we're all just as kind of wrapped up in our own thoughts as each other so that takes the pressure off a little bit in a way um I also 
the kind of like charisma um, videos I was referring to. Again, I can't remember the woman's name, which is terrible. I know it's Vanessa, but that does not help when you want to Google it. Um, but anyway, she does all this um, these scientific studies into charisma and behavior and how people interact and stuff. So she's got a lot of videos about that kind of thing. Um, and I remember watching some videos at the beginning about um, mirroring. So you can kind of, um, when you meet someone, you if you mirror the way that they are standing, that actually helps you to build rapport more quickly with them. Um, so it sounds really contrived. And like, I was like walking into these rooms trying to be a robot and like do all this stuff really deliberately. But actually it's just like, they're just little tips that you can kind of keep in mind. So for example, if somebody's standing in a really open stance to you and then you go up to them and you kind of cross your arms, you're kind of closing yourself mm. off. So um, it's obviously, they're subtle signals, but it makes a difference when you're trying to interact with people. Um, so try to remain open and, and make eye contact um, and don't shrink yourself down. Cause I think my tendency before would be to kind of shrivel myself down and hunch my shoulders over and kind of try to disappear because that's kind of how I wanted, you know, that's how I felt. I wanted to disappear right, at some time um, in some situations, but actually that doesn't help you to make a good impression and it doesn't make you, um, people are not going to be encouraged to, interact with you and to come over to you and introduce themselves if you have that body language so try to be as open as you can keep your head high um and yeah just basically try to mimic the traits of confident people if, if nothing else like that's what's helped me um is just okay how would somebody who really does own their job title and feels really confident and wants to walk into this room and make a good impression how would they act and how can I emulate that a little bit um so yeah that's that's what I tend to do and then definitely leave time to recuperate after that because it does take energy and it's draining so definitely leave yourself like an hour or two when you get back from an event to just like lie on the sofa and and rest because that's really important for me definitely as an introvert like recharge the batteries yeah for sure that's really good and I actually think the mirroring thing and also um, and I'll link to this in the show notes as well as all of the things you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever seen the TED Talk with Amy Cuddy where she does like power moves? Yes. So I was literally just doing that before we got on this call. <laughs> I was standing in the power pose <laughs> um, to, yeah, like open everything up and like flood my system with good hormones. And just, yeah, it makes such a difference being able to stand in a strong posture and being open. Um, it actually changes the way that you feel, which then changes how you act. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. I love Amy Cuddy's work. Yeah, she's so good. Our old boss used to make us watch a TED talk every Friday. Oh, really? <laughs> so random. He had many flaws, but I think that was quite a good um, suggestion. Yeah, that's great. But that was the initial one that he sent us because he was like, because we used to have to go out and meet people a lot. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you always got really shy and like, you both like hunched over because we were just like, um, me, myself and the girl I worked with, we were both like just out of uni, like we didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, but it genuinely does work and it sounds so stupid if you've never tried it before, but anyone listening who does tend to feel like kind of almost like clam up, I don't even think mm -hmm. you realise that you're doing it. It's such a natural thing, especially if you are quite shy. Mm -hmm. um, you just try and like make yourself disappear. But anyone, if you haven't tried it and like you do want to, have a little instant confidence boost please do try doing some power poses um and watch our TED talk because it's great yeah um, it is really good like I, I think that's a good tip I was going to mention as well in terms of feeling good in pictures as well I always tell people to focus on their posture um like the I literally repeat myself so much on shoots and I always have to tell people like I do tell this to everyone it's not just you but um to to keep pushing your shoulders back and down because you open up your chest and you're kind of letting more air into your lungs and just generally feeling a bit like bigger and stronger and more powerful um which kind of exudes confidence through the photo then but I think the the thing to remember is like 
with confidence and, and anxiety and a lot of these things, we sometimes think that we can think ourselves out of it. Like I used to definitely feel that way. Like if I'm feeling bad, I have to just like think about it loads and stay in my head and I'll figure it out. But actually there's so much power in like using your body instead. So moving, um, stretching, like having a little shakeout, um, just kind of changing your energy in a physical way. So that's like what's great about the power poses, standing in that really strong position can change how you feel much more quickly than just thinking about it would absolutely and I think like we are very disconnected from our bodies nowadays that sounds so like woo but it's true <laughs> and like yeah it's always just like connecting with it and like using it to do those things is really helpful and it gives you something to think about as well other than like oh shit I need to go and talk to this person yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> concentrate on like right how like am I have I got my shoulders back am I like looking friendly Mm -hmm. um okay to focus on otherwise so am I right in thinking that you initially you were more like wedding photography and then you sort of transitioned to like branding photography yeah that's right so at the beginning I most of my portfolio was wedding photography or at least that's that's the only work I'd been paid for I, ha- I had a lot of portrait photography in my portfolio as well but that was model tests so when there's a new model um like if they join an agency they need like their first few shoots to to have a portfolio mm-hmm. on that website um, and the same goes for uh, hair and makeup artists when they're trying to build up a portfolio they'll do like exchange shoots with photographers um so I had done a lot of those even at uni which is mad to think back because like when I picture myself how I was in my sort of second um my third and fourth years of uni I was extremely shy and awkward and actually depressed a lot of the time as well um but I still went out and made these meetups with you know starting out models who I'd never met and and took their portraits which I'm really glad I did that because it gave me such a good foundation to build my business on later um and it you know it's all about honing your craft isn't it that's how I learned and practiced photography Um, but also meeting people as well like talking to strangers and starting up conversations and um doing all that stuff so that was an amazing experience but other than that my only paid work was photography was wedding photography however I started my business in the middle of winter um, and my bookings didn't start until the summer so I had like a six month period pretty much maybe five where I thought okay I have no income <laughs> coming in um, and I need to find some clients I need to find a way to make contacts because I also was quite new to Bristol at this point I didn't know anyone really um I hadn't made friends at work because it was a tiny company and because I'd been so miserable there I wasn't exactly keen to spend more time with the people that I associated with work um so yeah I didn't really know anyone needed to find a way so that's why I threw myself into this networking thing so much because I thought like this is the only way for me to find um find work basically so I did go to a few of those awful ones that you described where everyone literally is wearing suits um and they're just horrible um (laughs) which is stupid because like my ideal clients weren't there like even I suppose coincidentally I could have you know met an accountant or whatever that worked for a big company that happened to be getting married and they would become a client but really like realistically I wasn't going to meet any people that I could actually work with there but it was a good training ground to kind of Mm -hmm. practice and learn how to do that pitch and everything Um, but then I eventually Mm -hmm. found some more kind of that like the networking events that you mentioned that there are in Liverpool like more relaxed creative they're they're literally targeted at people who think networking is awful so they're um yeah they're marketed as being really chilled out and um not so kind of salesy so I found my feet in some of those in Bristol which was great um and I did actually almost instantly get work from that which is amazing to think um but that just shows the power of going you know showing up and you may just meet someone who happens to need pictures straight away or you know need whatever you have straight away um so I I got lucky in a way and did meet a few people that fell in that category and we started working together immediately um or more or less immediately I suppose it would have been a few months but in my head when I think back I feel like that was quite quick 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, basically I just met a load of different people who were doing kind of, I'm trying to think of examples of people who were there, like uh, there was an SEO um, sort of strategist, web designers, writers, um, all sorts of different creative businesses, which they were really struggling to put themselves out there like visibly online. So they would have a nice website or whatever, but it would rarely have a picture of them on it. Um, and their social media was like they didn't have much content to share because they didn't have pictures of themselves. So I thought that that would be a good way to, to go and to offer people um, portraits for their websites, basically. So that's how I started and definitely worked with a, a wide range of people back then. It was um, kind of anyone that would pay me, basically. <laughs> um, whereas now I'm a lot more intentional um, and I work specifically with certain kinds of businesses. But um, yeah, back then I just would take pictures for lots of different people. Um, and I also offered... Um, styled stock photography which I still kind of do alongside it's like part of the package when if you book a branding shoot with me now you get these extra images that kind of supplement the photos of you so that you have enough to last you for months or years on Instagram Mm. um so yeah sorry I feel like I should stop talking for a second (laughs) no that was really great I feel like well I mean to be fair I don't know a lot of brand photographers, so maybe I'm overlooking someone, but I feel like you were one of the first people to do it in our sort of industry, I guess, of like, um, I guess, female, like solo business owners. And that was really like a niche that you were kind of the first person to do. And it's very much like when I, when I used to think of like, a, um, I wouldn't even call it a branding shoot, but like when we had our pictures taken for like our old works website mm-hmm. and like, we had to sit and we were like at a desk and we had to like have our arms folded and like be sort of like doing this weird insane smile um to try and look you know a bit older a bit more professional I feel like you were one of the first people who like you've really got that niche of like if someone wants to have like really good branding photos you get recommended it's true as well I'm like she's done all the greats <laughs> all the greats I have worked with some very cool people um yeah that's interesting it's funny isn't it how we all have this perception within our own industries like I definitely wouldn't consider myself to be one of the first like I I, I suppose a lot of people I follow were in America though because I think personal branding photography named as such is definitely an American phenomenon and it's becoming much more normal yeah. now like you said you probably wouldn't have typed that into Google necessarily a couple of years ago but now everybody pretty much in our kind of industry knows what that means and they they can picture what that refers to um and it is those kind of more relaxed images pictures with a bit more personality something that tells a story as opposed to a kind of white background headshot um so it has become like something of its own now in the UK but it's taken a while but yeah I I definitely come from it thinking that I was a bit late to it almost like there's loads of us um which is funny isn't it that just shows how our perception changes depending which side of it we're on because you travel a lot now don't you like you've done them sort of all over the UK and a couple I feel like you did some in Spain as well some shoots yeah I have so I yeah I do tend to travel all over the UK um so I'm based well I was I started my business in Bristol I recently moved down to Devon um but I'm still yeah I I'm driving a lot I kind of have people all over the UK and yes I I love well I love traveling I was like I said I did French and Spanish at uni so um love kind of going to Spain basically (laughs) um but yeah so last year I did um a photo shoot in Mallorca with a client um I also went to Lisbon um for a client who lived there already um which was amazing and I also because I photograph retreats as well so I'm hoping this year to kind of combine those two things together and in fact I already am um, going on a retreat in April where I'm photographing the retreat but also taking portraits of everybody that's involved um which is a great thing for them to take home and to kind of 
it's it's based around a kind of um it's a I guess a business retreat but it's a, a lot about confidence so it's a nice thing for them to be able to go home not only with the kind of mindset stuff but also like a tangible thing with the photos to go and put themselves out there online um so yeah, it's a nice way to combine them together and and yeah lets me travel which I love so yeah that's a really nice side to the business as well yeah so how did you go sorry there's a siren city living yeah <laughs> so, so how did you go from being very much like local to doing more of them sort of around the com- the country and then also like traveling internationally and then branching out into like retreats and things was there like a sort of tipping point or like a specific client where you were like actually yeah I want to make this more of like something where I don't just do it in Bristol I travel around to do it um I actually can't remember who the first person was that was kind of outside of Bristol um trying to think back but I do remember noticing that being active on Instagram and kind of really deciding to put a lot of energy into that was the thing that made me kind of break out of my local area um, and become basically a national branding photographer um so yeah because I've gone as far as I think Preston is probably the furthest north that I've been which from Devon is a really long way um and yeah yeah, like my recent one that I did was in Hastings so again like across the whole other side of the country um so but yes definitely using Instagram and being active on there and not just using kind of local hashtags but also I guess like online networking with people who are all over the country that's helped me to spread you know spread myself a little bit further afield um so yeah it has definitely been intentional in that I didn't want to I did feel I guess in a way that it would become a little bit stagnant if I only shot in Bristol like obviously there's only so many locations that you can use um and you know backdrops and things like that so it's nice to mix it up and have different areas but more importantly than that when you're doing a branding shoot the the photos should express that person's lifestyle um that is kind of the point of it so if um yeah, being able to go to people's homes and if they have a home office or um, a studio that they work from or something, being able to express that in the pictures is really important. So I like to go to where people are based. Um, and then, yeah, we tend to use different locations. So sometimes that'll be like a coffee shop or the local park or something like that, as well as pictures at home. Um, but things that really build a picture of who they are. So yeah, I think I, I saw the value in being able to move around and go to wherever people needed me. Um, and then in terms of the international side, I definitely... Yeah, I definitely intentionally decided that I wanted to do that. Um, I actually approached the client that I went to Mallorca with to suggest that because we'd worked together a couple of times before and she'd already mentioned kind of, oh, yeah. one day we could go abroad somewhere. Um, and that's one of those things that if you're not feeling that confident, it's easy just to dismiss and think, oh, no, she she wouldn't really pay me to go to Mallorca and take pictures. Um, but I had a moment of like, no, I'm going to actually do this. Like, it's my responsibility as the business owner to make opportunities for myself. So somebody has expressed an interest. I'm going to pursue it and see what she says. So I sent her an email and said, what do you think about going to Mallorca in September for your next shoot? Um, And she emailed me back, like, within the minute that I'd sent it saying, yes, let's do it. (laughs) Um, So that just shows the power of actually, like, trusting your intuition a little bit and, like, going for things that you have a feeling about. um, Because often, like, it will pay off. Um, And, yeah, we had an amazing time and got her loads of well she um is a hypnotherapist that I've worked with in Mallorca and she gets most of her work through Facebook she posts on Facebook every single day which I'm literally in awe of she posts these amazing um (laughs) posts about anxiety and well-being and happiness and they're wonderful and get tons of engagement um so she needs a lot of pictures um and yeah we were able to take tons in lots of different beautiful locations so more of that this year please (laughs) yeah amazing and 
Yeah, and also Facebook's impressive because, like, most people have a Facebook page get no engagement at all. I know. I'm literally, um, like, she's amazing that she gets, like, tons and tons of comments and likes every single time. It's really cool. So you've led me really nicely there onto something that I was really keen to discuss with you, which is sort of running a business as an introvert when, especially with what you do, it is such, like, a person focused job mm-hmm. and how you've built your confidence as a business owner because I think from being someone who is really shy and you know has to sort of google how to have that charisma and like approach people at networking to doing what you do and showing up on Instagram stories and actually talking to the camera because mm-hmm. even the most confident person I think can struggle with that how yeah. have you sort of built your confidence up and what your experience been of running a business as an introvert would you still say that you're an introvert now because I feel like I've kind of changed almost and like at the beginning I was definitely an introvert whereas now I'm a little bit more extroverted I guess because I work from home all the time I'm just like please I need to speak to people yeah need some interaction yeah it's definitely a spectrum (laughs) I think I'm learning that more at the moment like I I do um, label myself as an introvert that's how I identify definitely because I can tell from my energy levels when I'm Mm. on my own or versus with people however I'm the same as you like now I really see the value in connection and when I do like for example recently I went to Bristol um just I can't remember must must have been about a month ago um I met up with some friends that I hadn't seen for ages and we literally talked non-stop for about three and a half hours in fact I basically lost my voice because I was kind of ill at the time (laughs) and I spoke so much that I couldn't speak when I got home um and I felt amazing for it like it was so good to connect with them in person I'd kind of forgotten what that interaction is like and it does give me a boost in in a kind of different way um so it's really important to if you are introverted not to kind of use that as a bit of a a way to isolate yourself because that can be detrimental like I need to notice when I'm either like it's okay for me to take days where I don't kind of leave the house or don't speak to anyone and have that buffer time just to recuperate but if I'm doing that like ongoing and keeping doing it and using it as an excuse um to not go out and see people like I can tell that that's me like slipping into okay I'm just cutting myself off and it's not good for me yeah um, so you do have to find the balance don't you but um what was I going to say? So yeah, generally, I think being an introvert has like, as as a business owner has been very empowering and liberating for me. Like I feel so much more myself than I ever did in an office job. Like I just felt like a complete alien there. I just felt like, I mean, I was just crying all the time as well. So that's never a good sign, is it? Um, and just just was unhappy. Um, and now I feel like I can be the person that I actually want to be. And and having the opportunity and the the freedom to build a a schedule that suits me um, and to have those buffer days in between photo shoots to kind of rest and recuperate and not speak to anyone um that gives me so much like it just is so good for me um, and I think that has a trickle yeah. effect in the rest of my life like I have more energy to then go out and meet people and stay in touch with friends and do things that make me happy whereas before because I was so drained from work I wasn't able to do that so I wasn't able to like give myself a fulfilling life because I was just yeah, things just weren't working for me in in my work life. Um, so I found it really like the best thing I could have done basically to to start a business as an intro, even though it seems kind of counterintuitive. And I think there's a slight misconception as well about um, like, I think a lot of people think that they, because they're an introvert, they can't do things like go on Instagram stories. But I've personally always found like, when I'm just in my room on my own I'm actually all right like I can like now like we're chatting and this yes it's nerve-wracking but at the same time 
like we're having a one-on-one connection and that's kind of the same thing that Instagram stories is so if you focus on the person that you're speaking to um and not worry about like there being a whole crowd of people there um then it's actually a lot easier and I think it's yeah we have running a business is a great opportunity for an introvert because I think we're a lot of us are naturally very creative um we're good listeners we're able to like hold space for other people um which obviously like for you as a coach and me as a photographer like when you have that one-on-one connection with someone it is about kind of Mm -hmm. holding space for their energy in a way um and that's something that comes naturally I think to introverts so it's definitely a a positive rather than a negative and I think as well like I would 100% rather chat on my Instagram story than I don't know like go go and speak in a room full of people like I actually mm-hmm. find it quite fun and like yeah. the I've definitely found that I always say to people you don't have to speak on your Instagram story but mm-hmm. if you can you should because yeah it's what 100% what gets the most interaction and I know that I've got more clients because you can show your personality and like mm-hmm. especially with what we do like it's quite it's a it's a situation where someone has to trust you yeah and so you can show that like here is the type of person that I am and if you like that then we'll get along yeah um yeah. how did you like get get started talking on your Instagram stories is it something you've always done or is it something that you had to like psych yourself up to do no I definitely had to psych myself up for it but I also did a thing where I just I just decided one day, I don't know why, I can't remember what the exact context was, but I was just like, I'm just gonna give this a go. It must have been quite soon after it had become a thing. Like, I'm not saying I was like one of the first people at all, like it probably had been several months, but it was still like very much in the early stages. Um, And I just thought, I'm just gonna just do it and just see what happens. So I just literally recorded one saying, I'm just doing this so that the first one's out the way. Um, I think that might have been all I said. Um, And I got loads of messages back like, oh my God, this is so cool. (laughs) Like people really get behind you when you do something that's clearly scary for you, Um, which is a nice thing to remember Mm -hmm. when you're about to do it for the first time. Like people will rally around you and chances are you've probably built a very nice community of lovely people who are supportive and who want you to succeed um, and they want to go along on that journey with you so if you bring them along like actively and choose to do that um, then you can almost guarantee that you'll have a positive reaction so it's, it's important to focus on that and rather than the, the, the very slim chance that somebody might say something negative um, which I don't think has ever happened to me in response to a story so that's comforting to know um but what was I going to say yeah and then actually the big thing that made the biggest difference for me was actually doing um a challenge so uh, um Sam Burgess's I guess it was called small and mighty stories challenge um Mm -hmm. which was a 30-day thing um I think it was in the spring I want to say 2017 but I don't know if I've remembered that wrong that feels way too long ago but anyway um it was quite soon after I'd just done my first one um, and that was amazing. Yeah. There was a prompt every day. So you didn't have to think off the top of your head, what should I talk about? You just had to follow the prompt. So it was like, introduce yourself, show your workspace, talk about what inspires you, what's your story, all these different kind of things, how you help people. Um, and that was great for me. It, it gave me a structure to work from um, and took the pressure off. And yeah, I really kind of found my voice in that way. Like I doing it consistently every day. I don't think I did the 30 days. I did almost all of them. Um, I probably missed a few here or there or did like three on one day sometimes. Um, but anyway, doing it regularly is what helped me to get in the flow with it. I think one of the main stumbling blocks for people is if they don't know what to talk about. And you can literally just go on and be like, hey guys, like here's what I'm up to today. <laughs> like it's not, I think it's quite helpful to have a list of topics sometimes. 
or like if I think of something that I really want to talk about I'll just write it down on notes and then when I've got a free minute to like talk I'll be like right here's something that's really helpful to share. So unfortunately there was a slight issue with the software that we used to record this episode which did cut off the end of our interview. I'm so sorry about that but after we talked about talking on Instagram stories we discussed Sophie's new service which is brand mentoring. As Sophie mentioned at the beginning of the episode, as well as being a photographer, she also has a lot of experience in digital marketing. So she's combined these with her incredible business expertise to offer two-hour virtual strategy sessions to get clear on your brand values, voice and aesthetic, define your niche and grow your business with social media, great content and SEO. And I've linked to this service in the show notes. So do click on that, go and have a little look if that's something that you need help with. You can follow Sophie on Instagram at Sophie Careful, that's careful with two L's. Or to find out more about her amazing work, go to her website, sophiecareful.co.uk. Thank you so much to Sophie for being my guest today and thank you for listening. For more content, you can read my blog or sign up to the Sunday session, which is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation out every Sunday evening to get you excited for the week ahead. You'll find both of these at independentgirlscollective.com and you can also follow me on Instagram for more tips and advice. I am at independentgirlscollective on there. Until next time.